welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, thank you uh, for having me. Thank you so uh, much, Pastor Nick, for um, those, those kind words of introduction. And uh, we love uh, Cork Church. I've heard a lot about you guys and, and your church and uh, from Pastor Michael. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, I'm excited now to see in person uh, the work that God is doing here. Um, I spent a good portion of the day uh, yesterday and today just uh, with uh, Pastor Nick and with uh, Pastor Hamp uh, walking around and, and just seeing the city and seeing the work that you do. And um, it, is, it really is a neat thing that God is doing here. And um, we're excited to be involved in it and um, excited to not just hear about the work, but to be able to come and um, see it for myself. In fact, that's a lot of the, uh, the tasks that the church has sent me on right now. Um, let me do this. I've been uh, <clears throat> supposed to drink lots and lots of water last couple of days being in Africa. And um, I'm still, I think, catching up on my hydration <laughs> in that process. But... Uh, um, but yeah, I love the work that you're doing, and uh, Hamp just uh, uh, was so gracious to pick me up and uh, tour, give me a tour and, and see everything that you guys are doing, and you do a great work in the city um, among the poor and the needy, and now among the refugees. You know, I really do think that as you read through the, the scriptures, God's heart really is for the orphans, the widows, and the foreigners, um, and I think to, in our day and age, it's those, the foreigners are those refugees that <clears throat> are displaced, and uh, what a great work. And just want to encourage you in that. And we appreciate that. We send, um, I, I come with the love of Springs Church and the greetings of the elders of Springs Church. Um, and particularly uh, Pastor Michael, who's spoken just so highly of you guys uh, in that process. Um, Pastor Nick mentioned that <clears throat> I had just been to, to Africa and uh, just a, a journey that I didn't expect to take. The Lord released me from my job um, teaching uh, after 30 years. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this waiting period in between? And um, the church is like, we've got some thoughts. Um, and so uh, one of them is they, uh, a former elder of ours, uh, Tony Gooch, uh, was working with a medical mission in Kenya uh, for a number of years. And uh, we've participated in that as a church and helped uh, with some of that funding. And he's just moving into a kind of a new area where they're starting to uh, drill wells and some of the, just the real uh, needy areas there in Kenya, and they wanted me to go uh, see that and see what we could do to help. And so I spent last week um, in really hot Kenya, and um, it was just, we, we had these things of water about three times this size, and went through several in a day just trying to keep hydrated because you just sweat it all out. Um, but we went to the island of Lamu, um, which is, uh, if you go up the coast, Mabasa is down here, Kenya's up here, you go up the coast towards Somalia, and there's this this island, it's really this ancient city, this old city. Felt like I was in the Middle East, though I've never been there. It kind of what I think it would look like. Um, and it was just very cool. There are more donkeys than I've ever seen in my life. I grew up on a ranch and I've never seen that many donkeys uh, in one place. Uh, but we would go out every day either into the, the church that was there on the island of Lamu or we would go back to the mainland um, and go into these, these little towns. And um, I love the fact that one of the things that Tony really has encouraged since he's run these trips is let's be involved in the church. Um, and he's, when he first went there, uh, particularly this church in on Lamu, um, the church was very much about taking care of the church, but nobody else. 
Um, and now uh, the church has opened up and um, I've got some stats I brought with me, but um, that church uh, served the community um, as well as the churches on the mainland. Um, and we, the group that went, um, that I participated with, uh, saw 2,582, apparently to be exact, um, uh, residents of the, those little towns around there. They would come into the churches and we had 12 Kenyan doctors and a number of medical personnel from the United States, from Florida, Colorado, and Alabama that we all met in Amsterdam and went together. Um, and we, we saw them just on a regular, not, not deep medical care, but uh, when you're really lacking in medical care, anything from blood pressure to, um, to just uh, some antibiotics or different things like that, um, anything is, is a help. And then we had a couple doctors, the main Kenyan doctor uh, would do what I thought were some pretty significant procedures, cutting off things and um, sewing up, uh, kids coming in with just open hands. And uh, we had one uh, gentleman that, that worked the door for us so that we would kind of control as they came in and just very faithful, but is on his feet all day. We'd go from about 10 in the morning to four in the afternoon. Just as we were closing down, he asked one of the doctors if we could look at his leg. And uh, so he pulls his pant leg up and um, I don't know how it was, but it was an old soccer or maybe you call it football injury. And uh, his leg was just raw and, and it had been a, a wound that he'd had for like 10 years. And, and we never knew it, uh, just the way that he uh, served so faithfully and so able just to minister to this guy. He really probably needed more long-term medical care, but it's just that level and, and they're just not uh, taken care of. And so it was really a, a neat opportunity. I had heard about it. Um, he had gone back and forth, and that was a cool thing. Um, the new thing that I, went, uh, that I was able to participate in is they're looking to drill some wells. Uh, one of their partners is Hydrate Humanity, um, and, so, and they, they work particularly in Kenya, but we're looking at some places there on that northern coast, not quite Somalia, so it wasn't quite that dangerous. Um, but as we drove into this territory, it's probably a 40-minute drive from the um, uh, local town into these villages, um, and, and there we're talking the, the huts that you would think of in Africa and just that whole, whole thing. As we would drive in, there'd be women and kids walking this road uh, with carrying water, and there would be these um, ditches that had collected rainwater. Uh, they weren't freshwater uh, ponds or, or lakes. It was ditches that had collected rainwater when it rained in July. I think it was the last time they got significant rain, and it, was, um, it had algae and stuff floating in it. Um, the cows were wandering through it, drinking out of it. They, they have these cattle. I need to look them up uh, to see what kind of breed they are. I grew up on a ranch and I didn't recognize them. Um, but the cattle would drink out of it. They were washing clothes in the same water. Um, just everything that you had heard about. The kids were playing in it. One guy was washing his motorcycle in it. Um, but then they would fill up this, these bottles of water and they would carry them another two or three miles back to the village. And that was their drinking water. Um, and so <clears throat> looking at the Orma tribe, um, which are related to the, the, um, um, the Somalis and the Ethiopians. Uh, they were real tall, dignified people. Um, I think they were um, kind of warriors in that area as I looked them up on, online. Uh, but they didn't have any water at all. And that they didn't, as far as uh, we could tell, and we, they, they would have these, we drove for about two miles of these compounds of huts. Um, and uh, there was no Christian witness there, but there's a mosque. Um, and so they're, they're, we have the opportunity to drill a well there. And I think they're going to drill on November 10th um, and drill there and then drill in another uh, town called Bregonia. 
um, or another village. We met with this, uh, the church leader there and, and uh, some of the tribal leaders, and we're able to, I think they're gonna drop some wells in with uh, Hydrate Humanity. So it's in just a really neat project, but just, I've heard about the need of water in the world, and this is really a first, first-hand experience. And we literally followed a, this guy in his car, um, a, a, a compact car, and we followed this cattle trail um, for two or three miles off the road. I, I, I can't believe he'd take his car out there. Um, just a neat opportunity. So um, that's some of the, what I've been able to see. And then I get to come here and see the work of the Lord. And again, the need takes a different, uh, a different look here in Cork. Uh, but you guys are really meeting a great need. Um, I was able to sit in the room as, as Hamp and Pastor Nick welcomed uh, these Ukrainian refugees and you guys were serving them and um, just meeting their needs, just the desperation. They were in a completely different realm of need and desperation. But yet the same gospel the same love of Christ, um, and uh, what, a, what an awesome opportunity. And so just, uh, we're glad at Springs Church that we can partner with you on that, um, but I'm extra privileged because I get to come see it and uh, see everything in action. And um, I just wanted to say, you guys do a phenomenal job. You are a light in the city, and I know just a little bit about uh, the history of the evangelical church in, uh, in Ireland, and I'm just thrilled and uh, to be part of, just to, to see you guys and to be brothers with you and um, and and uh, participate in that that walk. So thanks for uh, the ability to do that. Um, so that's a little bit of what I've been doing. It's it's kind of I I was just pinching myself. I'm supposed to be in an unemployment line or something, and the Lord has provided uh, for us to live. My wife just got a new job, and just a little pause in between work, and then this great opportunity to travel and uh, to see the work of the Lord around the world, um, and uh, then to be here with you guys. And so I'm just very honored. Uh, for that. Let me open in prayer and uh, we'll get into the word. Uh, Lord God, I'm just so thankful um, that you gave me the privilege to be here. Um, thank you for uh, just the work that you're doing around the world, the work of, of the churches in, in Kenya and the work of my friend Tony Gooch and, and those doctors and nurses that came. And uh, Father, that your word would go forth and this, the, the love they were shown and um, the messages that they heard uh, would not go forth void. In fact, we claim that because that's what you promised. And so, Lord God, we look forward to, um, to that. And Lord, I just ask your blessing upon this work, Lord, that goes on in this building, in this church, and that from this building into the community, Lord, the work in uh, the schools, um, Lord, the lives that were just uh, touched one first time uh, today uh, with those Ukrainian refugees, Lord, and, and the lives of those that that are uh, Irish and, and, and need that are in need, Father. We just ask that you would bless this ministry. We know that the poor and the needy and the refugee is close to your heart. Um, and so, Lord, bless the work that's going on here. Lord, bring in the resources they need, but most of all, we just need your spirit, uh, that your spirit would flow through this ministry and the conversations that are had and, and the generosity that is seen and that your name would be glorified in this whole process. And so we ask that. Um, in the name of Jesus, and we ask that you would uh, just bless the, the preaching of your word tonight, Father, that, that you would speak through me the message I believe that you gave, um, that you'd be my editor. Um, Father God, most of all, that your name would be glorified and the saints would be encouraged. And so I just ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you could turn to um, Psalm 78 with me, if you have your Bibles with you. Psalm 78. Um, I've been inspired by this song that came out by Elevation earlier uh, this fall uh, called Same God. And so if there was a title uh, for the message, I guess it would be that. And I'm going to just walk through this idea, and it's probably not new to you. 
Um, and so I don't think I'm going to reveal anything new or amazing tonight. I'm not going to dissect some great theological idea, but I just want to remind you um, of the faithfulness of God. You know, we hold fast to these verses like in Hebrews 13, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, in the end times, we read in Revelation and, and that vision of the end times that John saw and uh, the Lord told him, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, he's, he's faithful and true. At the very beginning of the Bible in Exodus, when, when uh, God reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush, um, he said to him, um, I am who I am. Say to the people, I am sent you. And out of that, we get the, uh, the name Yahweh or Jehovah. But in that introduction, he says, this is my name forever. Um, and, and it's his name, it's his reputation. He, con he consistently exists in the present. Um, and and he has, has remained the same for us. Um, and I want to encourage us tonight that this same God um, is, uh, that, that was with Moses and that John saw in that vision and that walked on earth with the disciples is the same God that we serve today. Um, if, you, if you would think back with me um, through the stories of Scripture, um, some of maybe some of your favorite stories. I think, uh, for instance, that God called this old man and this old woman to start a new nation, but they were well, well beyond childbearing years. And he said, come away with me, and I'm going to start a new nation through you. And they're like, well, you know, we're too old for that, God, right? And he made this promise, and he fulfilled this promise through Abraham and Sarah. Um, and, and Hebrews tells us that Sarah believed um, that, that he who promised was faithful. Uh, we think of Moses, um, and he led out Israel. And he led them um, being chased, actually, up to the Red Sea. And then God opens up the sea and leads them through and provides for them day by day by day by day. Um, and that same God is providing for us today. We think of um, Gideon uh, in, in uh, the book of Judges and how God calls him to deliver Israel and he, I think there was uh, 32,000 people, the men that responded uh, to fight against the Midianites. And God said, that's a little too many for me. Um, pair them down. And, and, and uh, Gideon ended up with 300 men uh, who did a stealth campaign against the Midianites and routed them. Actually, the Spirit of God routed them um, and uh, put them to flight and delivered Israel. Um, there's, a, there's a shepherd boy um, that God gave the confidence to kill Goliath. Um, when, when the king and all the mighty men of Israel were trembling in their boots and this young shepherd boy, about 15, 16 years old, he's like, how would you let him defy God? I'm going to go out and fight him. And he goes out with five stones and a sling and takes down this, this six foot, nine foot six or whatever it was, trained warrior. That same God gives us confidence today to what we're doing. Um, or the, the prophet Jeremiah, maybe 20 years old, um, and, and he consistently prophesies uh, to Israel and, and warns Israel as Israel just walks into to, uh, eventually into captivity. Just a faithful man. The very beginning of that. And he's like, God, I'm too young. Don't say you're too young. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you words to speak. You're going to be a bronze wall. You're going to stand strong. Um, and that same God is faithful. There's a group of teenage boys. Um, probably the oldest was 20 or 21 because Peter was married, so he was probably the oldest, that, that uh, are filled with the Spirit of God and lead, this, the, lead the church into this current age. 3,000 people saved in one day, and they go out and they live their lives. Uh, the same God is working through us, and I want to, want to encourage us tonight to conjure up these images of our favorite Bible stories and remember what God did through them. 
Um, I'm listening to this, this book, um, The Days of Elijah, and it's, it's a, a historical fiction on Elijah. And I've listened to it now a couple of times. It just reminds me, Elijah was a man just like us. But God did mighty things through him, from feeding him next to the, the uh, brook Cherith to uh, the widow in Zarephath that he went to. And her, every day she had just enough oil and just enough uh, uh, flour to make uh, the, the food for the day. And then the great act on Carmel, but the same faithful God in both circumstances. And then we move forward. Um, I'm here on your lovely island. Um, and I think of St. Patrick and the story of this, this boy that was taken captive as a slave. He escapes, goes, get, gets a theology education, comes back and brings Christianity to Ireland. Um, and, and as you look at the history of the church, it was actually the Irish that went back to the mainland and revived Christianity um, that had already become dormant in Europe. Um, and what a great man. I think of um, others through the century. There's this, this sex addict named Augustine in the city of, of Hippo in North Africa. And God redeemed his life based on the prayers of his mom. And he becomes one of the greatest thinkers and theologians of Christian history. I think of another monk named Martin Luther, who God used to totally put the church on its head and bring back the, the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. Uh, we just talked about this in our youth group, um, Count Zinzendorf, the Moravians, and the story is told about a, a couple of young men who just God had moved them to go preach the gospel to the slaves in the Caribbean. And they couldn't get there. Nobody would take them. They couldn't buy a ticket. So what did they do? They sold themselves into slavery. That same faithful God. We don't know what happened to them, um, but they, they sailed off to do that. We get closer. <coughs> One of my heroes of the faith is George Mueller. Um, in the 19th century and had a, a, the largest orphanages in Britain um, and reaching out by faith. Never told anybody what his need was, um, but God never let him down. That same faithful God uh, is with us today. The same century, same country, William Wilberforce um, that uh, fought all his life. Started out as a young guy with, uh, with Pitt, who was the youngest uh, prime minister of Britain and fought his whole life to abolish slavery in the British Empire. And, and that being, uh, the, the British Empire being what it was at that time, essentially abolished slavery in the world. Sadly enough, my country didn't follow suit for a while um, on that one. But, but based on the, the work of God in America, that's done. Um, Jim Elliott, um, one of the five Ecuadorian um, martyrs um, in the 1950s. Uh, we think in our own tradition, David Wilkerson and, and just this, this rural Pennsylvania pastor hears a call from God and brings great uh, revival to the gangs in New York City. And then I think of my own town, uh, names that you probably don't know. I'd be surprised if you do. A guy named Dave Michaud is my spiritual mentor. And when they were young, they would go door to door in Colorado Springs, bringing the gospel to people. And I grew up on these stories of how um, these guys would go around Colorado Springs and would, would uh, preach the gospel. My grandpa, I was a, a, a ranch kid in eastern El Paso County in Colorado, so dry land ranching, which is not profitable. Um, but my grandpa's heart was uh, to make, before he died, and he was just this withered old ranch guy, and he says, I've got to make sure I preach the gospel to every uh, rancher in El Paso County, in rural El Paso County. Um, and, and so he had somebody drive, a guy named Tony Gonzalez, drive him around um, so my grandpa could give the gospel to make sure all these old ranchers heard about Jesus uh, before he died. These are men, and I just listed men. I'm sorry, there's, there's great women of the faith that we could go through as well. Um, but that God showed himself faithful through over the years. 
And I want to just, uh, it's been good for me to remember this and uh, to rehearse this. And Psalm 78 um, is a psalm that reminds us of this. And this was our theme. We just did fasting and prayer, uh, conveniently enough for me, the week before I left uh, for this trip. And this was one of the main themes. Um, and we followed this on, on uh, Monday night of our fasting and prayer time in just a time of rehearsing what God has done. So I want to read through that and just kind of talk through some ideas that, that the Lord has put on my mind on this. And I hope that, um, that he moves some of them in your spirit then. But uh, Psalm 78 says this. I'll just read the first eight verses. But it says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell, the, uh, tell to the gener- coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and his wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell it to their children so that they could set their hope on God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Um, in a similar passage, I'll just kind of read it uh, to keep in mind, is over in Psalm 71. I love Psalm 71. And my parents uh, told me, my mom is 91. My dad went to be with the Lord about 15 years ago. This was their prayer in their old age. <clears throat> the Psalm uh, 71, 18, 17, 18 says, Oh God, from my youth you taught me. I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power uh, to all those that come. And so what we did uh, that Monday night before we left um, of our three days of prayer and fasting is we, we made a memorial of what God had done. And we divided it uh, ideally into family groups or into groups just of, of folks because not everybody was there but their kids and, we, and gave them cardboard. I bet you've seen this cardboard testimony idea. And we just write one thing that God has done um, in your life. And then we took those and we posted them along the stage and they were still there when I left um, so that we could be reminded all week, at least all week, of the great work that God had done through our, um, our church. And the elders particularly, we, there were six of us, and so we wrote on cardboard these things that God had done through Springs Church or for Springs Church over the years. We, were, we hit a season where we had gone from 1,500 to 300, um, and the church was just struggling, and God brought um, some faithful men together. He brought Pastor Michael, uh, as rose, raised him up as our senior pastor, just did some things, just some amazing, uh, miraculous things. And we're back around eight or 900 now by the grace of God. But we almost went bankrupt. We almost closed our doors, but God came. And, and so we rehearsed these things. Uh, we, we just paid off our building earlier this month. Um, and if you've seen our building, it's just ridiculously large. God gave it to us, but we have often said, man, if we just didn't have this huge building, thank God for that building. And it's debt-free now, so now we can focus our, our funds on the king, really on the work of the kingdom. And so we as elders did that same thing and led the way. But let's remember the work of God. Um, as we go through this, I just want to, just some thoughts to encourage you. Um, let's remember the work of God that he has done. Um, I, the, my understanding is that evangelicalism is, is yet very young in, in Ireland. There's not many 
um, uh, that, that really know the gospel of Christ. And so the tradition is young. And I would encourage you guys, as maybe on the, the, the uh, vanguard of that, write down, remember, rehearse what God has done in the church in Ireland, what God has done here at Cork Church. There are great things that he has done and is continuing to do. Let's record them. I'm a big journaler guy. Uh, my son bought this before me. It's got fun little danglies. Um, but I'm a big believer. Let's write down what God has done. And then we can go back and we can rehearse that. And we can tell them to our children. Um, some of you come with families with great legacies. Um, I'm one of the unique people in Colorado um, who have been there for multiple generations. Now, this, for those of you that have been in Cork and your family's been in Cork all the way back, this is, you're going to laugh at me. Um, but um, I'm, there, there's a place we can stand at Evergreen Cemetery in Colorado Springs. And if my mom is there and my kids are there, there are nine generations of vouchers right there, most under the ground. Um, but, but that's unusual for uh, somebody in Colorado. Uh, but we have ranched and lived and taught and pastored in, in El Paso County uh, since uh, before the, the 1900s. And that's a unique thing. And then we'll tell our kids, and we thought we were kind of dorky uh, to do this, but now my kids are rehearsing this back to us. But we'll go to my dad's grave and we'll talk about what, what uh, my dad gave to us. And the, he was a salesman. Um, ranching was on this way out and he tried, had to make a living so he traveled to make uh, selling equipment. And we would tell about the man of faith he was and, and who he was in, um, in his church. And my mom's dad is buried in that same cemetery and he was a, a Southern Methodist preacher. And he was a hellfire and brimstone guy, I guess, according to my, uh, my aunts and uncles. And we would talk about uh, granddad. And we go to the other cemetery that I just told you about, my grandma and grandpa, uh, and how grandpa wanted to take the gospel to, to everybody in rural uh, Colorado. And we go down and we just tell stories of what God has done in generations. We need to remember that. Some of you guys might be just first generation, like I met Jesus yesterday. Sweet. Remember that story because we need to pass that on um, to, to those that are to come. We can't forget the things that God has done. I think we in Protestantism have been so good at rejecting um, the traditions of the, the liturgical churches that sometimes we've cut off our history and we forget where we came from. Um, and there's some things that should be cut off, but I don't think we should cut off the work of God and the great ways he's worked through history. And I encourage you uh, to maintain that and to pass that on. Um, I... Uh, number of years ago, one of the great things, this is why the water is such a blessing. Um, I had tongue cancer, 2011. Um, and um, I don't know why. Um, I don't have, have that. Uh, I haven't had behaviors. I haven't chewed or smoked or uh, whatever that would cause that. And just the way that God worked through that, that time in our lives um, and has completely brought healing both through the medical world, but as the, uh, the ENT would look at my mouth, he said, man, you talk, your speech is excellent and there's, there's complete healing. Like I said, you're the best doctor in the area. He says, no, this is better. This is definitely beyond me. Um, there's great healing. Well, my, my son, I have four kids, um, a son and three daughters. My son was in eighth grade at the time and he can tell, he walked through that with me and my wife. Uh, my daughter was in sixth grade. She remembers that, but the younger girls don't remember that story. It's like a legend to them, but they don't really, they don't live through that. And uh, was, uh, I traveled to New York City with my daughter in, in March, my youngest. And we were talking about that. Amanda didn't really know what was going on. She doesn't really know that story. I've, we've got to rehearse the greatness of God uh, for that. That does make me get thirsty a lot. But 
It's a great story to tell you and to tell my daughter. I've got to remember to tell my daughter. In verse four, it says, we will not hide them from our children. Let's not uh, put the past behind us and just leave it there. Let's rehearse this uh, to our kids. I think it's very vital that our our children know this. In fact, if you look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter six, just a little, little bit out of that, I was just thinking this afternoon, the Lord took me here. We're very familiar with the beginning of Deuteronomy six. This is where the Shema is. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Um, but if you go down um, in verse 10, it says, when the Lord God brings you into the land that you swore to your fathers, and then he describes how good the land is. Um, in verse 12, he says, then take care lest you forget the Lord. And then he continues on. So when your son asks, what is the meaning of these testimonies and these statutes and the rules the Lord has commanded? You shall say to your son, God removed us from being slavery um, in Egypt, and you go through this. In fact, the Passover every year was a remembrance feast, is really what it was, um, to rehearse that. And I think it's important that today we rehearse to our children, uh, to those that are new in the faith, even with each other. Do you remember what God has done? Do you remember that year where we had nothing and we prayed to the Lord and he just out of the blue brought this um, or took care of that um, or whatever and rehearse that um, to remind ourselves. You know, there's times that I'm down and discouraged. Um, I think, man, God has, has abandoned me. He's left me. Let me now remember what he's done. And uh, he gave me this and he gave me that. I, um, I taught in a private Christian school, which means I made next to nothing. Um, but my kids got to go to that school for free. What a blessing. I'm all the way through. My, my daughter graduated in May and I ended my career in education in May. And the Lord provided, let me remember, and as I begin to rehearse these things that God has done, he healed me of tongue cancer. He brought me this amazing wife that would love what you guys do uh, with your project. We've talked a little bit about that. Um, and it turns my heart into thanksgiving. It changes my spirit. It lifts it up. Um, so I just for my own benefit, just for your own benefit, we need to be remembering what the Lord has done. Um, but so many times in this passage, it says to teach your children the next gener that the next gener generation might know and the children yet unborn might know. We need to be continually rehearsing this. You know, our young people um, are facing a unique challenge. Um, having been in education and youth ministry for 30, 35 years, um, the world has, is, I know that we old people say this often, but the world has truly, truly changed. In fact, it's changed in the last 10 years to where it's not recognizable. Our kids need to know that, that the God that we are teaching them about and, draw, and the God that is drawing them is a great God. And he's the same God that has moved people over the centuries and the millennia. They need to be assured of that. I love this, this place in verse seven. It says, so they might set their hope in God. What a hopeless generation. In El Paso County, Colorado, we have the highest youth suicide rate in the United States. I, maybe it's the, the altitude. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, we've been looking into it for years, but there's a sense of hopelessness. I think part of it is uh, we have a lot of, of charter schools. They're, they're um, publicly funded, but kind of run by the, more by the parents than the regular public schools. And they all champion values and they champion these ethics and they don't champion God. I think that there's a, a, they're teaching a godless morality. Well, what, what's the hope in that? I think we have hopeless youth. 
Um, but if we teach them not just the precepts of, of, of our faith, and I'm a firm believer in that. I was in education for a long time. But we teach them the hope of the great God that's within them. And that this same God that was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, 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 and filled David so he could go take Goliath, and filled the apostles so they could take the gospel of the ends of the earth, is the same God that's meeting our youth where they are today. Um, and gives them hope and gives them power. In fact, this is a tangent, but I think that that same great God caused their frontal cortex, I always get it wrong, for, uh, to not develop. They, you know, the big thing now is, well, their, their brains aren't completely developed, so they take risks. I'm like, yes, they do. And you know why? Because God wants to send them to the ends of the earth to do crazy things for Jesus before they realize how, you know, that, that's stupid, you know, or I should be more safe. Or they get my age and they're tired and then he take a nap between taking the gospel out, you know, or something like that. Um, he created them crazy for on purpose and he fills them with his Holy Spirit uh, to take them out. I could, sorry, this isn't a youth message, um, but I could get wound up about that. But I really want to, I guess my, my heart and, and the, the point of what I want to get to you guys tonight is just let's remember the great work that God has done. Let's remember. And so I rehearsed these things that you probably know and uh, people from history and, and you could add to them. I would really encourage you to go back to your favorite Bible stories. There's, there's those that we cling on to more naturally than others, depending on who you are. Go back to the great men and women of history. Eric McTaxis has a great series. Um, there's seven men and seven women. He's got two books. Maybe that's the title. And, and he just goes through these biographies of these seven great men and women of the faith. And uh, they're not long. It's not super long like his, his book on Bonhoeffer or Luther, um, but they're pretty short. And you can just be reminded. Um, I would find the, go to our middle school library when I was teaching and find the missionary books because they're really short. Um, and, uh, and just read through them. And, oh, this is how God led Hudson Taylor. This is how God led George Mueller. This is how God led William Carey. This is how God led, this is how God worked in their life. And it reminds us, and we can look and say, oh, that's what God did. God, would you do that in my situation? God, I, I'm in this bind. What will you do for me? Not, not, not just what will you do for me, but how would you use me? God, you called me to go out and do this work. And so you guys are doing this great work in the city. And then these, I don't know how many, 40,000 Ukrainian refugees show up. Okay, God, you brought them to us. You gave us a system. How do we fund that? How do, we, how do we reach out to them? Well, that same God that multiplied the, the loaves, and fish, uh, uh, loaves of bread and fishes is the same God that meets our need today. Um, and so I'm excited to see what he does. Um, love, literally love what he's doing. But there's also a warning here. Um, in ver at the very end of the passage, it says, um, so they don't forget the works of the Lord, that they would not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose, whose heart was ste uh, not steadfast. And it makes you think of Judges. Remember how the book of Judges starts? The book of Judges starts, Joshua and his generation dies, and a generation grew up that forgot or did not remember the Lord. Well, I thought that there were these things put in place in Deuteronomy and in Exodus that were to remind them. But somehow there was a failure of communication and this generation rises up and they don't remember God. And isn't that when our churches become stale and we forget the great God that brought us to where we're at? 
Um, and so let's remind ourselves and let's remind our kids and those that, that come to the faith that are our spiritual children, here's the great God and this is what he's done. You know, we don't worship saints and we don't, we, all this other stuff that maybe goes on in the, the ancient churches, but, but we do need to remember them. And we do need to remember the great things that God has done. And not just the ancients like Luther or, or Augustine, but let's remember those that are in our tradition. We're in a common tradition of, of David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz and, and just that, that whole movement um, of God. And there, there's so much that we can remember. And I, let's write it down and let's encourage uh, the stories to be told and tell them around our dinner table or, or whenever we get a chance. And what God did here. How did God redeem your life? How did God lead you to where you are now? How did God get you to Spring or to, uh, to Cork Church? I do membership interviews at our church, and I'm jealous of that because I get to hear those stories. And our two questions is, how did you come to Christ, and how did you come to Springs Church? And I guess there's another one is, do you have any questions on our statement of faith? Um, but the, um, I, I love to do that because I love uh, talking theology, but I, just the stories and how God has worked and, and moved this way and that way uh, to bring him to Christ and then to bring him to our flock um, at Springs Church is, is a cool thing. So let me just, I, I don't know that I have much more um, to say, but let me say this in closing. There's a song, I think some of you may have heard it um, by Elevation. Um, it's called Same God. And the, the wording it really has been on my mind and maybe even kind of led me in this direction. Um, but it goes something like this. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same for me. Uh, oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. O oh rock, O oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. And we sang that earlier. Love that song um, that we sang, uh, the faithfulness of God. So I'm calling on the God of Mary, whose favor rests upon the lowly. I know with you all things are possible. I'm calling on the God of David, who made a shepherd boy courageous. I may not face Goliath, but I'm, I've got my own giants. Um, I'm skipping a little bit of the repetitiveness of that, but um, the bridge says, you hear your children, you heard your children then, you hear your children now. You answered prayers back then, you will answer now. You were providing then, you are providing now. You moved in power then, God, move in power now. You were the healer then, you are the healer now. You were a savior then, you are our savior now. And so let's remember the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Luther and Augustine and Patrick, uh, the God of, of Nikki Cruz and, and David Wilkerson. Let's remember that God, the God of the Cassidy family, uh, the God of, of us here, Andy Boucher and Hamp and Patrick. And let's remember what God is doing and let's tell each other the stories. Remember the end of Malachi, right at the end of the Old Testament. Um, he says, and they, they got together, I'm terrible paraphrase, but they got together and they talked about what God had done. And it's like, and, and in heaven, there was a book of remembrance written. Um, God is like, shh, listen, they're talking about what I did with them back in the day. The, remember 2020, when the Ukraine's, uh, Ukrainian refugees came in, what God did here. Remember those wells in Africa, what God did. Remember, rem and, and I think he, he quiets heaven because, oh, the great glory that is brought to his name when we rehearse the great works of the Lord. And I really do think, oh, the faith that it builds in us when we rehearse the, words, the, the, the works of the Lord. 
um, ourselves. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.